Welcome to episode 208 of the first 40 miles. If you're new to backpacking, or if you're hopelessly in love with someone who wants you to love backpacking, then this podcast is for you. We'll talk about the essentials, how to lighten your load, and how to make the most of your time on the trail. I'm your host, Heather Legler. And I'm Josh Legler. And this is the first 40 miles. Today on the first 40 miles, I've heard people say, I'd love to go backpacking like I did when I was younger, but I just can't carry the load anymore. Are their backpacking days truly over? Then what do you do when a trailmate is injured, sick, or fatigued and can't carry the load? For the Summit Gear Review, we have something that will change the way you think of transporting your gear. And we'll teach you how Native peoples transported goods using just a few sticks. All this, and that's about it. Today on the first 40 miles. Whenever people find out that I'm the host of a backpacking podcast or that our family just went on a backpacking trip, usually they give one of two responses. The first one is, Wow, carrying everything on your back? I could never do that. Or I could do that kind of thing when I was young, but not anymore. And either statement acknowledges that carrying 30 pounds or more of gear on your back is challenging. This morning you asked me, what if we had always been carrying gear some other way, dragging it on sticks or on wheels or whatever, and someone came along to you and said, guess what, I'm going to invent something where you put it all on your back. Would you go for that? And uh, actually, I said, yeah, sign me up. That sounds great. <laughs> Attached to my back. Uh, it, it moves with me as I move. That's fantastic. But I guess uh, throughout history, people have found many different ways to carry gear, especially very heavy gear. There's kind of a limit to how much you can carry on your back. And so people have devised other ways of carrying stuff. Oh, definitely. And using pack animals is one of those ways that's really popular. People use horses or donkeys or even llamas on trails to carry their gear. A couple episodes ago, we even had someone share a story about bike packing, where they packed all their gear onto a bike and rode it down the trail. But I also think it's really cool that humans are mechanically built to carry heavy loads. Like we have these great hips that can carry a heavy load and can carry it for long distances. And sometimes the need to carry something extra comes up in the middle of a backpacking trip as uh, maybe one of your hiking partners has some sort of injury or, or something that, that reduces their ability to carry stuff. And all of a sudden you're trying to find a way to carry some additional stuff. And uh, you just have to invent something. Right. And we've had this happen on multiple trips because we backpack with our children. And four years ago, when we first started backpacking together as a family, we backpacked with young children, which meant that their ability to carry a significant load that matched what they would need on the trail was decreased. When we started backpacking, our youngest had just started first grade. So... It happened so many times that we would load his pack up with, uh, say, 12 pounds, and a half mile into the trip, we're trying to find a way to reduce that weight or remove that weight entirely from him to get him, you know, moving again. And we even had trips where our children who were a little bit older, like 10, 11, 
uh, just kind of went on strike on the trail and we had to say, okay, what can we do to help? How can we lighten the load? You know, just to kind of give them that morale boost and let them know, hey, we're on your team. We can help you. We want you to keep going and we'll do what it takes to help you feel supported. And what can we do? That happens a lot with kids, but it also happens with adults as well. And we've had trips with adults where someone perhaps gets injured or they're feeling sick. Something's going on and we've had to shift weight from one person's pack to other people's packs. Yeah, when my brother was a teenager, he came home from scout camp and was showing me some pictures. This was back in the day where you actually had to develop a roll of film. (laughs) So he was showing me some pictures from scout camp. And I saw a picture of one of the scouts, one of these scrawny little 13 or 14 year old scouts carrying two packs. It looked like both of the packs weighed more than he did. It was pretty amazing. So yes, this happens frequently where someone needs you to carry some of the load. And there are some really great options for how to lighten someone else's load. So for today's top five list, we wanted to share with you the top five ways to carry someone else's pack. These are temporary fixes for your trailmate who may need some relief from the weight of their pack. This could be to injury or to fatigue or just to their young age or their old age, <laughs> either way. And we've actually done all five of these methods all in one trip, in fact. So this was actually from our Mount Jefferson trip when our youngest child packed a 20-pound pack. So we ended up carrying it for a few miles and lightened his load for him. And I remember the look on his face when we took his pack. He just went springing off down the trail. The look on his face was priceless. (laughs) And since then, he's learned to carry his pack and pack it better. Not 20 pounds, but, you know, more down to between 14 and 16 pounds. But anyway, we've tried out all of these different methods. And the number one way to carry someone else's pack is to divide their load. So even if you just take a few things out of their pack, it can go a long way in lightening their load physically and mentally. Knowing that someone else is carrying a little bit of your load is a real morale booster. This summer when Josh and I did the section hike of the Pacific Crest Trail together, there was a really difficult section of lava rock, not just a little 20-foot section, but like miles and miles of this really rough lava. The trail was very difficult to walk, and also this long section of lava rock trail happened at the end of the day, and so we were slogging through it. And not only that, but there was no water. So we had to pack extra water at the beginning of the day, knowing that for about, I don't know, 10 miles, 8 miles, there wouldn't be any water. So we were very weighed down and also going very slowly, like about a mile an hour. So without being asked, Josh offered to take my water, which was really sweet and helped me through that difficult part of the trail. And the day before that, about halfway through the day, my knee started hurting. And we still had eight miles to go or something that day. Um, So that was a day when Heather took some of my water to lighten my load a little bit, make it a little easier on my knee. I think that that extra last pound is the heaviest. Uh, What I mean is going from 30 to 35 pounds, 
I think is actually easier than going from 40 to 45 or from 50 to 55. Like as your pack gets heavier, then each additional pound just seems to be like crushing. Like granite in your pack. Yeah. And so when someone else offers to take a few pounds, it may seem like, oh, you know, out of a 40 pound pack, okay, I give up a liter of water, which is like two pounds. So I'm down to 38 pounds. Who cares? Like, is that really going to make a difference? And it seems like it does because it's those last two pounds. It's the, the heaviest two pounds of your pack that are being unloaded. And it really does make a difference. The number two way to carry someone else's pack is to offer to carry the entire pack using the one person front carry. You just need to be careful because it can block your vision to have a big bulky load right in front of you. With our youngest kid, when we had to pack his pack and say maybe 15 pounds, I would just put my arms through the straps. So I was like folding my arms with his pack straps through my arms and and that worked pretty well. My arms got a little fatigued, but not too bad. Uh, when we saw this method used on our first 40 miler, uh, our friend Garth was carrying the pack of uh, someone else in our group who had started to have some, I think it was knee pain for him that week. And so uh, Garth took his pack. Now we're talking not 15 pounds, but like 45, 50 pounds. It was a fully packed pack. And Garth actually had a couple of clips on the shoulder straps of his own pack. So he was able to clip the other pack onto the front of him and just use his arms to kind of stabilize it. That was a super heavy load for Garth. I mean, probably 90 pounds, um, but it actually creates a pretty balanced load. <laughs> you know, you've got a bunch right. of weight on the back and a bunch on the front. Uh, so it's pretty good as far as that goes. It's just that you're carrying a lot of weight. The number three way to carry someone else's pack is the one-person duffel bag carry. And that's where you just pick up their pack and sling it over a shoulder. This is great for short distances and is one of the more awkward ways to carry someone else's pack because really it puts a lot of weight on your shoulder and doesn't allow you to transfer the load to your hips. But it's great for short distances and you don't have to take off your own pack to do the one-person duffel bag carry. And we've also tried two different methods of doing a two-person carry, which are the fourth and fifth ways to carry someone else's pack. The fourth way to carry someone else's pack using a two-person carry method is for one person to hold one end of the pack and the other person holds the other end of the pack and you just, you're just carrying it between the two of you, one person in front or one behind. If you have a really wide trail, you could do it between the two of you side by side. The way this works is that one person can take either the shoulder straps or the little carry strap that's on the top of the pack, and the other person can buckle the hip belt and use that buckled hip belt as a carrying strap. Now, if you were the person in front holding on to that strap, you could also just use a carabiner and attach that loop from the pack that you're carrying onto your own pack so you don't have to have your hands behind you. There are lots of different ways to jury-rig this and to make it comfortable if you have to carry a pack for a long distance. And what I love about the two-person carry methods is that you're dividing up the load, dividing and conquering. But one challenge with this two-person carry is that sometimes you're too close to each other and to the pack, and you have a hard time trying to stay far enough apart that you're not kind of running into each other with your footsteps and bumping into the pack and all of that. So the fifth way of carrying someone else's pack 
is the two-person stick carry. And I liked this one the most because it's a lot more comfortable than any of the other methods. <laughs> so you just cinch up the hip belt really tight and you run a stick through the belt and the top loop of the pack. And as long as you have a sturdy stick, you can carry this pack almost indefinitely. It's a really convenient way to carry a heavy load. I think we used a stick that was maybe 10 feet long, 8 or 10 feet, so it kept us far enough apart and far enough away from the pack that we were carrying that we weren't always bumping into it. And then it was easy to switch off from side to side, hand to hand, so as one hand got fatigued, I would just simply switch over to my other hand. And carrying a 15 or 20 pound pack meant that each of us only had maybe 8 or 10 pounds on our end of the stick, uh, which is not too bad to carry by hand for a few miles. If your buddy had a 50-pound pack, well, you're each carrying 25, 30 pounds, you know, by the time you add the weight of the stick that you found. Uh, I could see that getting really fatiguing after a while. Um, but it would still, I think, be easier than just the two-person carry without the stick. Absolutely. And because necessity is the mother of invention, you will definitely be able to figure out other ways to carry a load if you are required to carry a load. And you'll be surprised at your creativity and the incredible new ideas that emerge that make it so you can help a friend carry their load. For today's Summit Gear Review, we'll be reviewing the Pack Wheel. If you think you're beyond your backpacking years, or if you've had an injury or a disability that's made it so you can't carry a pack, then think again. The pack wheel is a load-bearing transportation device that can open up the back country to you, even if you can't carry the weight on your back. And one of the reasons that I became interested in finding a wheeled transportation device for carrying loads on the trail is because we were planning this trip on the Pacific Crest Trail and we wanted to invite our 10-year-old son. And I was really concerned about his ability to carry the weight that he needed on that trip, especially those long stretches where we'd have to carry several liters of water. That's just a lot for a little 10-year-old to carry and to ask him to do it for 10, 15 miles was, um, it was making me nervous. So I started researching alternative ways to transport gear. And really, I went through everything, like those little um, grandma carts that, you know, grandmas carry. They load up all their stuff in and they're collapsible and you see them pulling them down the road sometimes. Um, I looked at wheelbarrows. I looked at ways that Indians transported gear back before, I guess, wheels were invented. <laughs> Just lots of different ways of moving stuff from point A to point B. Wheeled transportation devices are very popular in Europe, and so I looked at a lot of those. Anyway, there are lots of different ways to carry gear where it doesn't end up on your hips and shoulders. So I researched everything and even tested out some stuff using some crutches and a bicycle wheel and tried to make my own little thing. But um, after many failed attempts to create something that would work, and uh, or to find something that would work, I finally found the perfect way to transport gear on the trail, and that is the pack wheel. It's collapsible, it's single-wheeled, and can carry an incredibly heavy load, like heavier than any backpacker would ever need, but it's very versatile and very easy to use. In fact, the pack wheel is actually something that's popular among hunters 
who need to carry a couple hundred pounds of their harvest. And so this is a piece of gear that we are hijacking from the hunter community, which I think is so cool. I love it when communities collide and we can gain from them and they can gain from us. And speaking of worlds colliding, I actually had the chance to meet the owner and inventor of Packwheel on our family vacation. We were heading out to Utah and everything aligned and I was able to meet with Brady, who's the owner and inventor of Packwheel. He shared that he'd had some physical setbacks that made it so he couldn't carry the load anymore. And he's an outdoorsman, a hunter, a hiker, just the classic outdoors guy, and he's got his whole family into it too. And so when he realized that he couldn't carry the load anymore and do those things that he loved to do in the past, he knew he had to create something that would help him to get outside. To give you just a quick visual of the pack wheel in your mind, it looks like the front half of a bicycle. So it's a wheel with handles and a brake. You only need one brake because you only have one wheel. And then there's a rack right over the wheel. The pack wheel has an aluminum frame, which makes it incredibly lightweight. It has one wheel, and then it has handlebars that are extremely comfortable to use. They're padded, and you've got a brake on one side, which is a disc brake. And then right over the wheel is a rack. And you can put things on the rack, but if you understand engineering and physics and all those sciencey things, you know that the lower the load, the easier it is to carry. And so the idea behind the pack wheel is that you load up the pack wheel with panniers. Panniers are bags that straddle a bike rack, so you can load them up on each side and the weight will be low and close to the wheel, which makes it so you're not carrying the weight, you're not trying to balance this weight. All of that weight is transferred to the wheel. So the packing approach with a pack wheel is a little different than a backpack on your back. With a backpack on your back, you try to get the heavy stuff closest to your back and closest to the center. And then the light stuff goes below and above or, you know, on the outside way, way far away from your back. With the pack wheel, the idea is to get the heaviest stuff as low as possible and put the light stuff up high. So your sleeping bag and pad, those are the things that can go up on top of that rack on top. But your food and water and all that heavy stuff, get that down into those saddlebags or panniers where they're close to the wheel and as close to the ground as you can get them. One of the cool things about the pack wheel is that it is completely collapsible. There are some well-placed pins and you can collapse the entire pack wheel and throw it in your trunk or throw it behind your front seat. One of the things that I like about the pack wheel, and usually I save things that I like until the trial, but I want to put this in utility because I think it's so cool. It has a large wheel. It's a bicycle wheel. I have the 24 inch wheel. And the reason that that large wheel is so important and the reason I'm even talking about it is because that's what allows you to navigate over those bumps that are on the trail. You know, the rocks and the roots and the possums or (laughs) whatever ends up in your path, you can roll right over it. And with other wheeled transportation trail devices, I'm not sure what the category name is, but With other things that people bring on the trail that have a wheel, I've seen really tiny wheels. And while that's more lightweight, I guess, or 
maybe cheaper, maybe less maintenance, I'm not sure, but a tiny wheel is going to give you a really rough, unbalanced ride. And so with this larger wheel, while you are sacrificing a little bit of weight and there's a maintenance that you may have to do, you're going to get a much smoother ride and you're going to be able to navigate over those natural trail bumps. In order to use the pack wheel, you will need panniers or saddlebags or something that you can strap to the outside of your pack wheel. So you can make something. In fact, when I was doing some mods on my bike at home, um, my sister told me about this really cool hack that you can do with kitty litter boxes. So I guess you would need to have a cat. And then you create these kitty litter panniers that you screw onto the rack on the back of your bicycle, and it makes these really great, inexpensive panniers. Are those kind of like laundry detergent boxes where it's a sturdy cardboard and then the top is like a flap or lid that opens up? No, the kitty litter boxes are plastic. Oh, okay. And they're narrower. And so you're not going to have, you know, really wide boxes hanging off the side of your pack wheel or your bike. So they're, yeah, they're more narrow and they're really durable. Okay. So when you go backpacking, you can put your cat food stove in your (laughs) kitty litter box paneer. (laughs) You could do that. And I've even heard of people bringing their cats on the trail. Oh, wow. So, I mean, full package. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking you could use the shed fur from your cat to knit some socks. (laughs) You're weird. (laughs) All right. So for mass... The pack wheel that I have weighs in at around 12 pounds, which you would never bring a pack that weighed 12 pounds. But the cool thing about the pack wheel is that all of the weight is over the wheel. And so you literally don't feel the 12 pounds of weight. And you could load up your pack wheel with a couple hundred pounds, which you would never do for backpacking, but you could. And you still wouldn't feel the weight in the same way that you feel it if you were to carry 200 pounds. The weight is all transferred over that wheel. It's amazing. It's science. What can I say? I don't make the rules. I just follow them. For maintenance on the pack wheel, you'll need a pump and a tube patch kit in case you get a flat tire. For investment, the pack wheel is going to run around $675, but the pack wheel comes in so many different sizes and there's so many different features and accessories that really I'm just giving you a rough estimate of what it will probably cost, but there are so many different features. And because right now the company is fairly small, that means that you'll be doing business with the owner of the company and the creator and the man with the welder, like he's making these. And so if there are any features that you do want, he's the guy to talk to, which I think that's really cool. I love it when companies are small and you're doing business with the person who makes the decisions and is the creative mind behind the product that you're receiving. And remember that the 675 or so is for the pack wheel, that that device itself, but not including the panniers or saddlebags. So you do need to purchase those saddlebags as well, which you can purchase from pack wheel or from anywhere else. Any saddlebag that's made for bikes has, you know, everything they've tested has worked on the pack wheel. But you got to remember that, that in order to fully replace your backpack, you're buying the pack wheel plus the panniers to go with it. So that costs a lot more than a backpack. It really does. But if it's what you need to get back out on the trail, you may decide it's worth that. 
And for trial, just to give you an idea of what the balance is like in the pack wheel, I loaded up one of the panniers with 25 pounds of grain and just wanted to see what it felt like to have it loaded fully on one side and not on the other side. Because, you know, it's already really hard to pack a pack that you're putting on your shoulders and get it so it's just right, so you're not tipping over to one side. So anyway, I was really surprised with how well the pack wheel managed with such an unbalanced load. I didn't feel like I was wrangling it or trying to, you know, like when you use a shopping cart and one wheel is wonky. It didn't feel like that. (laughs) I felt like I had complete control over the load, even though it was 25 pounds on one side and zero pounds on the other side. So it was incredibly easy to use, easy to maneuver, and easy to load. One of the tricks to loading is to lay it on its side and load one side and then tip it over and load the other side. And then what you'll want to do is once it's all balanced or filled up, then you can put your tent and your sleeping bag on that top rack. So you want to put all your heavy stuff on either side of the pack wheel and put the lightweight bulky stuff on the top. I think I've been the real skeptic when it comes to using something other than a backpack, mostly because I can't imagine maneuvering something that's on the ground and going over rocks and sticks and up and down switchbacks and around corners and everything. And you kept telling me from your experience, oh, it's it's actually very easy. You don't feel the weight. Most of the weight is over the wheel. It's a 24-inch wheel, so it rolls nicely over those bumps and roots and rocks. And I was still skeptical. I finally pulled the pack wheel out, and first thing that surprised me was you said you're supposed to push the pack wheel, not pull it behind you. And I had just assumed that it was something I would pull behind me. So I turned it around and I tried pushing it, and it it really did work very well. But of course it was empty. I mean, I can push anything empty. Well, pushing a rope is hard. <laughs> but anyway, so so you climbed on board. And you sat on the pack wheel, and I pushed it around all the bumpy ground on our property. And I was really surprised. Even with that, quote-unquote, less-than-ideal packing method, where the pack wheel was carrying over 100 pounds, way more than I would ever carry on a backpacking trip, and all of that weight was high-centered, you were just sitting on top of it, so the weight was way up off the ground, and yet I had no problem keeping it balanced with you on top of the pack wheel, even as I ran over bumps and gopher holes and stuff like that uh, on our property. It really surprised me. So I've been a skeptic, but as I did that testing with you, uh, I might have changed my mind. At least I won't be a skeptic anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. And like I said, it's science. Like if you put the load down low, it makes it so you can't feel the load. So yeah, in my conversation with Brady, he really expressed his desire to help people who are older and maybe can't carry a pack anymore to be able to still get outside and do the things that they love. And as he was talking, I was also thinking of other people who could benefit from the pack wheel, and that's young families. If you have young children that you want to go backpacking with, but you're thinking, how am I going to carry all of the gear that I need and have those amazing outdoor experiences 
when my kids can't even carry the basics. I mean, they can't carry a tent. They can't even carry their own sleeping bag. The pack wheel can carry everything that your family needs. Literally, it can carry the load for an entire family. And so I think there are a lot of people who can benefit from the pack wheel. Yes, it's unconventional. Yes, you're not going to be carrying things on your back. You're not going to be technically backpacking. You'll be pack wheeling and it accomplishes the same thing. It gets you outdoors. It gets your family outside. It helps you to enjoy all of the benefits of nature without having to carry a single ounce on your back. So there are a couple things that I want to talk about really quick. First of all, Packwheel is a small, strong American company, and every Packwheel is made to order. So when you place your order, you're going to need to kind of plan ahead because your order may take several weeks to actually be produced. And then the last little thing we want to mention is a double-edged sword. Wheels of any kind are not allowed in designated wilderness areas. So that means no bicycles, no motorcycles, no wheelbarrows, no wheeled devices of any kind. In wilderness areas, they want to make sure that there is no evidence of man. So those areas are very tightly controlled. Which means the pack wheel was not able to go with us on our Pacific Crest Trail hike. And at first I was really mad. (laughs) I thought this is a really simple device. It could have helped us carry gear for my son. He could have had this incredible experience in this wilderness area. But then I knew that if they opened up the door for the pack wheel and other similar devices, that it may change the culture or the feel of wilderness areas. You know, if they allowed bikes in or motorcycles or other things, drones. I mean, there's so many different things. Once you open that Pandora's box, it's really hard to shut it. So be sure you know where you can take your pack wheel. Pack wheels are allowed on most trails. You'll just want to check before you actually go out. So we'll have the link to the pack wheel in today's show notes at thefirst40miles.com slash 208. So if you're looking for something to get you back outside again, the pack wheel is ultra light. It's extremely intuitive and easy to use. It's collapsible and it will allow you to get outside and carry weight without carrying it on your back. For today's backpack hack of the week, Travoy on the trail. Back in the day, Native Americans used to haul supplies long distances using something called a travoy. Now, I told you about this summer when I was trying to kind of create something that my son could use to carry things on the trail without carrying it on his back. And so I was collecting parts and pieces to try and create something myself. Well, I went into an auto parts store to kind of explain to the lady there what I was trying to build. And she said, oh, you mean like a Travoy? I had never heard of a Travoy before. And so there she was on her phone pulling up an image of a Travoy for me. It's essentially two sticks with a woven basket or a woven tray in between those two sticks and you put your supplies in there, you put your gear. Those two poles then are strapped to a pack horse or a pack dog, or you could either carry it yourself. And then the other two ends of the pole are just dragged in the dirt. 
So you're holding on to one end of the poles and the other end is just dragging behind you. And that's how they carried things before they uh, figured out what wheels were. And travois is spelled T-R-A-V-O-I-S. And we'll leave you today with a little trail wisdom from our good friend on the trail, Otto Rank. He said, What we achieve inwardly will change outer reality. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. If you're looking for fun backpacking books and merch, check out the first40miles.com slash shop. We'll see you next time on The First 40 Miles. And the day before that, about halfway through the day, my right knee, right knee, left knee. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Which knee? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Keep your story straight, son. Yeah. <laughs>